This is the Horse Radio Network. A two. A one. (laughs) This is episode 286 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, American Horsewoman's Challenge. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Sponsors this week include Southern Equine Expo, Road to the Horse, and Equisketch. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Coach Jen. (laughs) And this is Helena B. And we're barely here. (laughs) And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to Stable Scoop, Coach Jen. Thank you very much. We're recording in Studio B today because Glenn's over there recording something else in Studio A. So it's girl day. I'm so excited. Studio B and Studio New England is under snow. We got another like, I don't know, six inches last night. Wow. But it's beautiful today because it's that thick, wet snow that sticks to everything. Mm-hmm. And then the sun is like the skies are blue and the sun is shining this morning. Oh, so, you know, the snow is going to stick, not going to stick around too long. So it's really kind of nice here. My looking out Studio New England's window. And you're, you have a very, very old home. It's like 398 years old. <laughs> it's, it's 250 years old. It's a little antique cape that was part of a 100-acre hay farm years and years and years ago. Yeah. And, and I bet you it looks super cute covered with snow. It does. It looks really, really cute. And there's lots. We probably have a dozen stone walls just on the, you know, the front two acres of the property. So there's a lot of stone walls here. It's pretty. And and the best part, though, the best, best, best part about having all this snow is I get to see what, what all the critters in town are up to. <laughs> yeah, because you can see the little trails. <laughs> I can see who's come, who's gone, where they go, their favorite spots, who makes circles around, the, who cannot go in a straight line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ADD animals. Yeah. Yes. Wandering around. Yes. Who's, yes. Who's, who's got a very narrow focus straight to the bird feeder? Yeah. Yep. Yep, where they go, and those you know, big cats, small cats, big dogs, visiting dogs, foxhounds. It's oh, just that's awesome. It's pretty cool. Are the ponies enjoying it? The ponies are enjoying it. My pony is boarded up at um, a, an official barn for the winter, but they all get out, got out today, and so they're rolling in it. And I like it too because, um, especially if your your horse is barefoot, I think the snow cleans their feet real nicely. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. You, you pull the snowballs out, and it's pristine under there. It's beautiful. It is. I, it is. It's almost as good as walking through the ocean. Yeah. 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 Remember that? Remember the ocean? The be- yeah. Well, no, you don't have to remember it. You live, like, down, like an hour away from it. Yeah, we're, like, 45 minutes away from the ocean. It's awesome. I haven't taken the pony there yet, though. Can Appar- you? Though? Apparently, Can you ride- there are several beaches where you are allowed to ride, um, but it's a, it's a good 45 minute trailer ride 
you know, okay. or, or, or a little bit more. So I haven't gotten around to doing that because there's just, you know, lots of places that aren't the ocean that are cool to ride in. Yeah. You, you know. still have so much to explore of your new, your new digs. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so well, we speaking, have, of, speaking of new explorations, uh, all kinds of cool stuff for the show today. We do have cool stuff. Um, we're going to talk about this event that I had never heard of before, and it's called the American Horsewoman's Challenge. And our guest today is Jim Hutchins, a.k.a. Hutch, of course. How cool is that? Yeah. And, um, I wonder if he has Jim, a cool car. He, he probably has a cool horse. <laughs> and a cool truck. And a cool truck. Yeah, and probably a cool, cool truck. truck. Well, Jim is the producer of the American Horsewoman's Challenge, and he's going to talk to us about what that is. And, um, you know, to me, any kind of challenge for horse people is a fun one. So he's going to give us the inside scoop on that. And Jen and I are going to talk about Pony Club, U.S. Pony Club. We got Gracie enrolled in Pony Club for the first time ever, and I just like can't even contain my excitement. <laughs> And then we have, what do we have for Tack and Habit today? Tack and Habit is going to feature someone new that we met at Ada a couple of weeks back. Dyer Equestrian makes a line of clothing called Tots. And it's for the teensy weensy little equestrians out there. And it is adorable yet practical um, show wear for tiny children. It's all machine washable. The breeches are designed so that the diapers fit inside. That oh, sort of thing. Yes. Baggy bums. Baggy, baggy bums. bums. Yes, oh, that's cute. Bums. Perfect for the Lee liners. Oh, great. Yes. I, I can't wait to hear about. So we're going to talk all about those. And so that's what we're going to do for Tack and Habit. Tack and Habit. But before today's show gets fully underway, we're going to take a quick second to hear from one of our wonderful sponsors. <laughs> If you are looking for a cure for the winter blues, then the Southern Equine Expo is the answer. Formerly the Southern Horse Bonanza, the Expo will return to the Tennessee Miller Coliseum in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on February 14th through the 16th. During this event, attendees will enjoy clinics presented by nationally known horsemen, educational seminars, and hands-on demonstrations. And new to this year's Expo are competitions including a blacksmith and farrier competition and a youth ranch horse challenge. Many past guests of the Horse Radio Network will be clinicians at this fantastic event. Chris Cox, Tammy Crawford, Dick Peeper, Chase Dodd, Lisa Waisaki, Mark and Miranda Lyon, and so many more covering a diversity of disciplines. Our good friend Wayne Williams of Speaking of Horses will be doing the announcing. Plus, it is one of the most affordable expos in the country at only $9 for adults for advanced tickets. Oh, did I mention the shopping? There is lots of it, and who doesn't need a shopping fix in the middle of February? If you live anywhere near Tennessee, plan a trip to Murfreesboro for the Southern Equine Expo, presented by Tartar Farm and Ranch Equipment. That's February 14th through the 16th. Visit them online for all the details at southernequineexpo.com. I have to tell you what I did over the weekend, okay? Okay, tell me, 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 tell me. Okay. So since pretty much the day I found out I was pregnant, I was like, my kid's going to do Pony Club. <laughs> <laughs> she just turned 11. <laughs> it literally it's been took a long, me that wait. long Oh, my God. To get it going. So we, where we lived up on the North Shore of Boston was great. They had Pony Clubs there, but Grace wasn't quite ready yet to actually participate it was just 
logistically we 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 couldn't get it done. So then we moved to this, you know, rural part of New England now and um we're really far from just about everything and most of the barns around here are hunter jumpers, you know, um hunter jumpers equitation. And so I'm like, "All right, well, I I don't know if the nearest pony club is like an hour and a half away on Cape Cod. And that's really not, we really can't do that. We have a horse, but we don't have a truck and trailer. So what are we going to do? And I finally found a pony club center that's 35 miles away. Wow. That's that's still a little drive. Yeah. It's still a drive, but um, you know, that's all right. We can do it. We can do it. And I went to, we had our first, it wasn't exactly a rally, they called it the Winterfest. So it's the southern New England, no, southeastern New England region um, of the, I guess, chapter of the, the UFPC. And I went to this Winterfest and they, we brought Gracie and a friend and she, they had like the kids do all kinds of fun stuff like in the gym. It was held at an elementary school. And in the gym, they split it up into two sections. One was activity centers where they could learn about tack and confirmation and bits and stuff like that. And then the other was where they did tests on foot. Mm-hmm. So the kids got to do dressage tests and a cross-country course all oh, on foot. Cool. <laughs> they had a blast. The best part about it is that they separate the children from the parents. Yes. <laughs> Now, were you separate or were you allowed to watch or did they sequester you in the gymnasium or? We were separate because they had things for parents to do. <laughs> ah. They had a lot of informational sessions about, um, you know, what to do as a parent, what you can do as a volunteer, how Pony Club is structured, what the benefits are. They also introduced a lot of the the people, the volunteer. It's a very structured organization, which you know. Jennifer is a Pony Club graduate, an HA Pony Club graduate, so you get it. Yes. Um, It's almost paramilitary in nature. Oh, which is funny because I actually used the word militant (laughs) (laughs) after my first parents' information session. Um, So there's, uh, it's very highly organized, but it's all volunteer, which Mm -hmm. really creates a lot of respect for, from me for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the parents, we got to, you know, sit in a classroom for an hour and a half learning about how Pony Club works. Did you and have to sit in the kindergartner's chairs? I did. <laughs> I did. But I'm such a geek. I was like, I was so into it before I knew it, the hour and a half was up. Yeah. Um, and the kids were off, you know, in, at the other end of the elementary school and the parents were doing stuff. Um, there was a horse management volunteer program, which is basically like, let the kids do their thing. But, you know... The barns and the trucks and the trailers and the rallies and all that stuff still needs to be managed, mm-hmm. usually by a grown-up. Mm-hmm. So it was really the, helpful. The horse management people, the people who volunteer for horse management, um, for those who are unfamiliar with Pony Club, you are the, the horse management people are sort of the um, let's all be safe and take good care of our ponies police. Yes. You are not participating. You are not physically helping you're not going to pick up anybody's water bucket but you are there to say to any given pony clubber um excuse me young man or young lady but this bucket here is set in a fashion that your pony is likely to put his foot through the handle and get hurt can you please move that right now and the score of the team of said pony clubber who put that bucket there in the first place will reflect the fact that like oops shouldn't have done that 
And yeah. that's what horse management folks do. It's a very powerful and highly responsible position. <laughs> it's, it's a very powerful organization in that it can, I can see now that I really have, I'm, I'm starting to get the inside scoop on what, what happens. I can see how it cannot just change lives, but it can help mold lives. Not, I mean, this is, this is horsemanship, but it cre- it's creating good citizens. In- yes, it is, it's, it's a very char- good character building and responsibility rewarding um, organization. Yes. Yeah. And there's no, you know, unlike some of the other disciplines, specifically some of the show disciplines where parents are all along the rail and there's a, a great deal of codependency between mm-hmm. the rider, the competitor and their, their coaches and their parents. This is the opposite. There's a great deal of independence that's encouraged. Yes. Um, and but, so the kids uh, are very, even the, with this just little running around in the gymnasium, I, you just see them, their shoulders are back, their chins are up and they walk with a determined step in ways that, you know, you didn't see when they first walked into the event. Right. And until you get to the uppermost levels, um, competitions, practices, learning experiences are very team oriented. Yes. You have several young pony club persons, sometimes all in the same skill set. Sometimes it's graduated where you have more experienced and less experienced kids together. Yep. Um, working together as a team and scored as a team, even though each team member might have their own separate responsibilities um, within that team. It's very much a team thing. And that develops a different skill set altogether. It it really does. And it was palpable. That, that team environment was palpable when we walked into the cafeteria, which was the welcoming area for this event. Um, there, yes, each child is, um, I don't want to say judged, but is awarded points based on how well they perform as individuals, but those points contribute to the overall performance of the, the team they're on. Um, there were some older girls in Grace's group, so there's like maybe four, five, 11-year-olds, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11-year-olds, and then there were some 12 and 13-year-olds. Some kids are at the D level. Some kids are, you know, they're, they're D1s. There's unrated. They, like you said, they're graduated. But the girls who are more experienced automatically gravitated toward the newer girls and there was there was no awkwardness. It was just an instant, hey, we're part of a team. Let's, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. What do you got going on? Let me show you this. And mm-hmm. so there was no, um, there was no hesitation in communicating. Yeah. Questions right. were asked freely. Information was shared. It was yeah. a very warm environment. And it's really fun because as those teams are formed for practicing, for just learning, for competition, they very much encourage each team to develop its own personality. They get team colors. They give themselves a team name. They decorate their cars, their people, their ponies. Uh, It's just crazy. It is not restrictive from that creative point of view. So that um, as far as the responsibility and the care of the animals, that is very, very restrictive in that you will follow the rules. The ponies will be taken care of in such and such and such a way. Um, there are parameters on how you behave. You know, you're not going to find anybody walking around the barn cussing under their breath at their teammate. Right. Um, but they allow that creative outlet. They and, and they really encourage it. You'll see the kids po- showing up at rallies and practice sessions with um, sparkles in their hair and yeah. wrapped up in polo wraps that are 
blue flowered. <laughs> and so there is a, the creative outlet is encouraged, but it's channeled in, into an area where it's not going to be a detriment to the safety of any horse or competitor. You know, I, I, I liken it to a great big field for turnout huge, you know, a couple acres with really good fencing all around it. The kids need that <laughs> fencing, right? They need yes. that structure, but in the middle, yes. they can do whatever their hearts desire. Yes. And they really do. They appreciate the structure. You can see that they, like I said, they, they thrive in it, but you know, the kids are there and they had their little pony club polo shirts on and sparkle bracelets and stuff. And, um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, learning to be a student, to be a parent student in Pony Club. And I'll definitely share my experiences along the way here on, on Stable Scoop. So if you have ever heard of Pony Club or you're interested or you're, you're already a Pony Club-er or Pony Club parent, um, check in with our show because I'm going to be reporting back on, on what it's like. My favorite takeaway from this introductory event is the Ten Commandments for Parents. I want to hear these because they didn't have the Ten Commandments for parents back when I was in them. This um, is the bomb. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And I'm sure people listening today will be like, I can take this from, I I can apply this to anything in my life. But here we go. It's the United States Pony Club, Ten Commandments for Parents. Number one, I shall not criticize the DC or CA, which is the district commissioner or center administrator. They're basically the, your instructor. Unless I am ready to assume his or her duties. I shall not criticize our leader unless I'm ready to assume his or her duties. Number two, I shall not complain about anyone unless I have labored more hours in the Pony Club program than they have. (laughs) Number three, I shall not be a grandstand DC. Number four, I shall not... Oh, no, I shall remember that the rally is a learning experience and not a win-at-all-costs competition. Number five, I shall set an example for sportsmanship for my child to follow. Number six, I shall not be critical unless willing to put out the necessary effort to correct what I'm criticizing. Yes, don't, uh, that, yeah. Don't just complain, my, offer a solution. That's my favorite. <laughs> Number seven, I shall remember that all organizers... DCs, CAs, RSs, and regional officers are volunteers. Number eight, I shall remember that all officers and other volunteer personnel must earn a living and cannot work on Pony Club full time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no matter how much they may want to, because you can, it can become right. consuming. Number nine, I shall offer my services for work whenever possible and will follow through with the job I volunteered for. Fair enough. Make a commitment. Follow through. Number 10, I shall encourage my child to follow the Pony Club pledge and mission statement. So here's their mission, and we'll wrap with this. The United States Pony Club develops character, leadership, confidence, and a sense of community in youth through a program that teaches the care of horses and ponies, riding, and mounted sports. I'm so excited. The only problem is I have to go out and buy new Pony Club manuals because mine are so old, they're outdated. The new edition has been printed since I had mine. So I know. And I'm I am so bummed because I have in all the moves we've made over the years, I've lost my original ones. 
Mm. Yeah, because I, I, I still had the ones that were written and published in the UK. Yeah, I have one yeah. in the UK. <laughs> yeah, the old ones with all the words that don't apply here in America. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, one of the things they said is so much has changed since the original editions. Like, mm-hmm. um, just like the, there, there's no denim allowed anymore at rallies. You can't, the kids can't wear um, denim shorts no, and no jeans. They want them, like, especially at the jog for the eventing rallies. Mm-hmm. They want them in either khakis or breeches and boots or jods and paddocks. And that's a, that's a, a function of the fashion industry. Yeah. 30 years ago, if you were wearing a pair of denim pants, you kind of knew what they were. Now, a pair of denim pants is, there's a very, very wide range of what denim pants can be. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. Which, and you know, I give them credit. They, they held out for a really, really, really long time before yeah. they make changes. They, right. they gave some flexibility to what you had to wear, but there's, yeah. there are other rule changes. But, but, but there are other rules that have gotten more flexible. For example, when I was in Pony Club, you know what duck boots are? Those rubber yes. boots that you, you buy from L.L. Bean, you were not allowed to wear duck boots. They had to be leather boots. Yeah. So it, when, when you were at rallies and you had to walk cross-country courses or even just walk around the rally grounds and it was sopping wet grass in the morning, you walked around all day long in saturated wet leather boots, which was miserable um, <laughs> and not particularly good for your leather boots. So, you know... In during my tenure as a Pony Club member, they changed the rule, and that was a really, really big deal to change the rule to allow someone to wear a rubber boot. Yeah, that was a big deal because at the time, it's like, oh, you can't wear a rubber duck boot because it doesn't have the same tensile strength as leather to protect your feet. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, so this stuff is not arbitrary. Yeah, it's not arbitrary. They, they, they spend a lot of time thinking and talking and discussing these rules. So uh, some rules have to become restrictive. Some rules have to become broader to maintain that level of safety for horses and riders and keeping the, pl- the, the playing field as level as is practicable. And um, af- now that we've done this 15 and a half minute ad- advertisement for the United States Pony Clubs, <laughs> I know. Um, um, they even have stuff for Western riders in Pony Clubs. So all of our Western listeners out there, they're not leaving you out. Yes, they do. They do. This is all very exciting. So I'll report in whenever we have rallies and practices and stuff like that. Our first rally is on March 1st and it's a quiz. Quiz rally. Oh, you're is- doing quiz. Oh, yes. they're, the, they're the most stressed out Pony Clubbers. When you go to the national competitions, mm-hmm. the kids that are popping the Pepto-Bismol <laughs> and looking the most streps are the quiz kids. They are the nerds of Pony Club and they're so stressed. Oh, bless their hearts. It's like a great big spelling bee. Yes. It's incredibly hard. I can't... Nowadays, I've, it's been so long since I did this stuff, I probably could not um, win at the lowest D1 level. I'd probably get, <laughs> I'd be chucked in the first round. <laughs> the D1. Yeah. Well, Grace, are you, you smarter than a pony clubber? Are you yeah. smarter than a pony? Are you sparty, smarter than a D one I'm. I'd go. I'm. I'm unrated for sure. I got. Yeah. I'd have a hard time getting that D one. Grace is like, Mom, can I like fast track to D two? I was like, <laughs> yeah, No, <laughs> no. You're not allowed. <laughs> well, this, that's so cool. I'm looking forward to hearing about all your your um, adventures with Grace and the other pony clubbers. But uh, right now, we're going to have to head on into our first interview. We're going to have Jim Hutch. Hutchinson here, who is the organizer of something really cool, the American Horsewoman's Challenge, which is going to be coming up in October of this year. And um, 
it the entrance and entries are still open for competitors. So all of you amateur as well as professional trainers out there, you're going to want to listen into this because it's kind of cool. Welcome, Hutch, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We are so happy to have you and to learn about the American Horsewoman's Challenge. Hey, it's my pleasure. So I had never heard of the American Horsewoman's Challenge, but that I sometimes tend to live under a rock. That doesn't mean a whole lot. What, what is this? Where, where did it come from? What's it all about? Well, it's brand new. Um, it originally came out of a conversation that I had with a good friend of mine. Uh, we were talking about the different competitions that were out there. And, uh, you know, he said, well, you know, I'd really like to see what somebody can do with a horse in 12 months, uh, you know, rather than, you know, a few days or whatever. And uh, so I said, well, I'll take it as a homework assignment. And then I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, couldn't fall back to sleep, and uh, came up with this crazy idea. Uh, And the whole concept is that I really wanted to honor the horsewomen of the, uh, you know, of the horse world. Um, 85% of women uh, are horse owners, and there's 2 million horse owners out there in the United States. And uh, they just kind of, the, the women trainers just don't really get their due. And um, so... And there um, are a lot of them out there, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you know, people say to me, really? Can you find that many competitors? And I said, there's the rub. <laughs> you know, name, name me five guys, you know, national trainers or clinicians that you know, and name me five guys. You could do that so very simply. Name me five women, and you're going to have a real tough time. And, um, you know, I know uh, that there's plenty of women out there, hundreds of thousands of them, that are training our horses, and uh, they need to be recognized and honored. Hmm. All right. So the the challenge is it, it actually well you're you're looking for training it's it's a training competition in the areas of liberty, cowboy dressage, and then ranch and trail versatility. Let's start with um cowboy dressage. What is that? Uh cowboy dressage is a, a fairly new um competition. Uh, it's very similar to Western dressage as well, uh, and but it's more designed for the stock horse or or the Western horse. Now, for our competition, it, it doesn't matter whether the horse is, you know, a, a great big Hanoverian or a or a donkey, <laughs> as long as it's an an, an equid. Um, the um, we want to be able to see what people can do. Um, with you know a higher level of equitation and connection with the horse and the the reason for the three different areas uh of competition is that most of the horses that are out uh in the horse world right now are owned by people who want to uh enjoy their horse uh they're not necessarily interested in competing uh and so those people want a well-rounded horse because, you know, we all want to go out and we want to do a little trail riding. We want to get our horse to be have a better carriage. Um, and um, we also like the idea of building that connection through liberty. 
And so that's why the three different areas, because what we're looking for is we're looking for the best all-around female trainers in the United States. So for folks who might not be familiar with Liberty, other than watching perhaps a Liberty act at an entertainment venue, explain what you're looking for in the Liberty part of this competition. Well, if you talk to anybody that does a lot of Liberty, like Sylvia Zerbini, formerly of Cavalia, now with Grand Liberté, uh, or um, um, Carolyn Resnick, you'll find that they very much believe, and a lot of clinicians believe, that the connection with the horse comes first. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, about just teaching the horse a trick. Um, it's having a true connection with the horse and a willingness for the horse. And so that's where the liberty comes in. Um, and what we're looking for here is we're looking for that true connection and willingness of the horse to do the things that we would like to do. You'll find that there's uh, quite a few programs around the country where the use of liberty is critical. And many top clinicians uh, believe that just like the, the mare and her foal, where the foal will follow and do the things that its mom is asking them to do, uh, will do it very willingly. And we can build that same connection with our horse. So it's, it's a really fancy word, more of a kind of a touchy-feely way of saying good ground manners. <laughs> touchy-feely, yes. <laughs> well, it, when you think about it, those are the horse's ground manners, the, the way he behaves with the human when the human is not on his back. Yeah. Right. Well, liberty goes much, much further than just uh, good ground manners, but it's, it is key. I mean, if we think about it, how much time do we spend with our horse on the ground and on its back? Probably 85% or more on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if our horse, uh, you know, can't come to us when we ask it to come, uh, we can't put it into a stall. We can't put it into a trailer. We can't, um, we don't, uh, you know, we ask for it uh, to do something either on the ground or on the back. Uh, you know, it, it refuses because it doesn't trust us. And as you know, horses work on um, leadership. So um, it's not who's the biggest, snarliest horse in the herd. It's who's going to keep me safe. And if your horse Uh, that you're working with doesn't feel like you're a leader or that you're going to keep it safe, well, then, you know, you get dragged across the parking lot over to the green grass. (laughs) (laughs) Been there, done that. Been there, done that. So, (laughs) own the hat. (laughs) (laughs) Who who is eligible? Obviously, female. Who is eligible to compete in this? Do you have to be a professional? Do you have to submit videos of you training? How does, how, who who can qualify to, to work with or compete in this challenge? Yeah. Uh, the competition is open to any woman trainer in the United States or Canada who's uh, 18 years or older. They can be a professional professional or a non-professional uh, because there's a lot of people out there who are extremely talented who are not considered professionals. Um, and, and we want to, again, uh, honor that. Um, the... Uh, um, all they have to do is basically uh, go to the website, which is horsewomanschallenge, so horsewomanschallenge.com, 
uh, and download the entry form. Uh, they do have to do a 10 to 15 minute uh, video audition um, where there are specific tasks within the three different areas uh, of the competition uh, that they have to demonstrate with the horse that they've that they use or have done most of the training on. Uh, then they go ahead and they submit those videos and then I've got a, a group of uh, judges all over the country who evaluate those and then we pick the top 50 to be invited to the competition. Oh wow. Okay. So there how do you um how do you decide what kind of horse is appropriate? Obviously you have these video screenings ahead of time. Um but the participants have 6 months to train a quote unquote young horse to prove the trainer's skill. Um but we know not all horses are started the same way. So how do you level that playing field when it comes to the actual um, horse? Well, I mean, that's the choice of the competitor. Uh, everybody has their own opinion about what's the best horse and who says that a thoroughbred is better than a Hanoverian, is better than a miniature, is better than a quarter horse, it's better than a paint horse. Um, you know, the whole horse world is full of opinions, and so we wanted to make sure that uh, this is as open uh, as possible uh, because we know that it's the relationship with the with the horse is not purely about its breed, but it's about its relationship uh, between the trainer and the horse itself. So how how would you define young? When you say it's for a young horse, oh, what well, are- the, basically it's a green broke horse. So the horse should already be started. Uh, it shouldn't have more than 10 rides, and it needs to be between three and six years old at the final competition date in October. Between three That's, and six Those years are pretty old. wide parameters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, some people ask me, well, you know, do we, uh, are we going to pick from a particular horse or from a, um, you know, a, a particular breeder or whatever? And it's, No. Uh, we want to make this as wide open and uh, as we can uh, yeah. because there's plenty of different horses out there and a lot of incredibly talented women uh, trainers. So you are you going to be at the Southern Equine Expo for folks to, to meet you in person? Um, actually, we're not scheduled to be there at this point. Okay. Um, so, folk, the fact that a hor- there's such wide parameter for what horses are eligible to compete, um, that should open it up to more trainers because some tr- some competitions, because there's lots of them out there now for trainers, um, the parameters for what horse to be is to be used are so narrow it can be prohibitive for an amateur because they would have to go out and buy a special horse for it or travel hundreds and hundreds of miles to get the horse for it and things like that. So from the point of view of who is going to be eligible to compete for some considerable prize money, it's very wide open because frequently even an amateur trainer will either already have available or easily accessible from a client a horse that's going to fit into these parameters. Exactly. And that's exactly what we want. We want this to be a competition that basically anybody who loves, works with, and trains horses can be a part of. Uh, 
Um, the competition is, uh, honestly, it's, it's more about uh, the talents of the trainer, the relationship that they're able to build with the horse, and the results that they can get because of that, as opposed to pure competition. I'm going to get my horse out there. I'm going to give my horse some tasks, and gosh darn it, it better do those tasks and do them good. <laughs> that, that's not what we're about here. This is, uh, <laughs> what we're looking at is what most of that 85% of the horse market uh, or horse owners uh, is looking for, and that is a well-rounded, well-behaved, fun horse. Um, and that's... Uh, that, that's what the market wants, and that's what we want to give them. That's what you're going to give them. Well, this is the American Horsewoman's Challenge, which is going to take place October 3rd through the 5th, 2014, in Oklahoma City. And thank you so much, Hutch Hutchins, for stopping by and spending some time with us today to, today to tell us about it. Give out the website where folks can learn more one more time. Um, yeah, so um, so everybody should uh, start training their uh, or getting their videos ready because they're due by the end of February. Uh, and they can go to horsewomanschallenge.com and just uh, on the, click on the enter there, and at the bottom of the page you'll see download the packet. Uh, and there you can learn more and uh, enter the competition. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. And now on to one of my favorite parts of this show, our Tack and Habits segment. This Tack and Habits segment is sponsored by The Road to the Horse. Don't miss Road to the Horse International 2014 at the Kentucky Horse Park, March 14th through the 16th for the World Championship of Colt Starting. Watch Dan Steers from Australia, Antoine Clough from Switzerland, Jonathan Field from Canada, and the first-ever Road to the Horse wildcard competitor. They all face off to see who will walk away with the title of world champion. Watch, learn, and be inspired to reach a higher level of horsemanship at Road to the Horse. Plus, enjoy our largest shopping experience yet. Find out more at RoadToTheHorse.com. Hi, 
Hi, Glenn, with you, and I am with Coach Jen. And Hi, ho. We are at we're the, Ada. Yeah, we're, we're at Ada. Ada. We're at the American Equestrian Trade Association, checking out all the new products that we can find coming to market over the next few months that you'll start to see in your tax shops everywhere. And we have, we, we can't ignore the children. Well, we can. We can. Jennifer and I have chose to do that, actually, for about 50 years. But uh, we do have to include the children because uh, we have a lot of listeners that have kids. And we have found a company called Dyer Equestrian that has the cutest children's clothing. And We're we talking have little children. children's clothing. And we have Leanne here with us who's going to tell us all about it. Hi, Leanne. Hi, how are you? Good. So, Dyer, tell us about Dyer. So Dyer Equestrian is a line of fashion-forward equestrian pieces for women, children, and toddlers. We created kind of an offshoot of that called Dyer Trots for the little tots. <laughs> um, Dyer Trots, I like that. So it starts at size 2T, which is for a two-year-old, and runs through 5T, which would be a five-year-old. So mostly it's the lead line kids. Um, Jamie, are you listening to this? My co-host of the morning show has a, has a six-month-old, so it's <laughs> pretty soon. You, you need it. 2T, we're ready for you. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the, the five-year-olds also sometimes go into the walk classes or the walk trot, so it's fine for there, too. But mostly our target customer is the lead line customer. We're big in the Hampton Classic and at Devon and those shows that have the big lead line. Um, so the trots collection, I guess we should talk about the clothes. Sure. So we start out with the basic jod, uh, show standard khaki with a sparkle elastic detail I at like the bottom. Yeah, the little elastic, elastic strap the- that goes under your jodhpur boot. It's black elastic, but it's got tiny little, little bits of sparkles. sparkles. It's a touch of bling for the ring. I like uh, that too. We have a logo logo patch which comes in pink, which the little girls all go crazy for. And then the show shirt is has dyers signature back button detail so it's adjustable a lot oh, of times for the little so what, kids what does that mean back as button? they grow you're going to want to let the shirt out so you can unbutton the back detail and it gives you about an inch to two inches so that means there's buttons room. on the back okay Correct. for for radio listeners here there's buttons on the back and you actually can unbutton them to make it wider yes yeah. yeah so as your child grows you're not necessarily going to have to go out and buy her a new show shirt and you can button it so and nobody sees the buttons because they're no under coat anyway button. it doesn't yeah. have all that bulky puffy stuff that little kids just no. take that's yeah. what we did. We in the adult line and in the children's line, we really eliminated the bulk and the sil- in the silly silhouette. Gotcha. <laughs> Tough word. Um, also on the show shirt, we have the bow pocket detail, which we call our they little, have a little treat tiny pocket. bow on the pocket. It's so, so cute. So it's a little just stashed chest pocket with the bow the bow detail, and uh, we have the snap collar. Very easy. So the, you can't lose the collar. There's no losing the top collar. The kids won't complain. It's just a little two snap collar. Done easy. Logo on the sleeve as well. I like the little logo, too. Uh, It's our little seahorses with a crop and a horseshoe. So, cute little logo. Now, the collar can be embroidered? Collar can be fully embroidered, yes. It's just a little extra ledge, so you can do whatever embroidery custom Because that's what everybody wants. They want something on there. That's why we left it plain like that. And we offer gold or silver snaps. Oh, Oh, this is a really nice material. Yeah, it's a stretch cotton machine wash. The whole line and collection is machine washable, which makes parents really happy. And it's stretchy, so the little kids Mm -hmm. won't feel, they don't like tight, crinkly stuff. No, there's no itchiness here. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It's very, very soft, machine washable cotton with a hint of stretch spandex. Cool. And then to finish it off, we have our signature jacket, uh, the Trots Show Jacket, we call it. It has gold heart-shaped buttons down the center front and on the sleeves. And the new collection for 
2014 offers a bow pocket. <laughs> bow pockets and are cute. There's little blue little bows blue, blue right bow there. They look like a little blow, bow tie on Yes, exactly. It's, just, it's an actual it's, pocket. It's an actual usable pocket, again, for the treats. The ponies need their treats. And it's made with the shoulder um, equestrian prestige fabric. So it's a very stretchy, high-quality fabric. This one has fabric. a pink collar. And a pink ultra suede collar. It's offered in pink, purple, and blue. And we also do it, if you didn't want the ultra suede, we do it fully lined with a piping in either pink or purple. And for the boys, we have the jacket is available also in black or navy. And the boys we trim in red or blue. Oh, okay. Wow, there you go. <laughs> they put little truck patches on exactly. the shoulders for those. Exactly, we make it a little boys, bit. Make it manly. We, and the boys they don't get the gold heart-shaped buttons. Well, Do they get not. the bows, the little boys? Get we the also bow. don't do the oh, bows. Yeah, don't do the the bows. Yeah, if they see. want them, that is fine. <laughs> now, something that I noticed... Who are we to say? Yeah, <laughs> on the jods, when you brought these out, they're designed like an adult jod. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. What's, there's a name for this kind of a seam. So we call that the contour seam, and that was the invention of that was really for the ladies' That's bridges. a seam that goes across the butt. It looks exactly. a little bit like yeah. a Euro seat. So it, it, yes. It's a little like we redesigned the Euro seat. So instead of cutting you off in the back, it kind of contours your seat. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a lift and a definition. Not that we need that in toddlers, but for the but, for the ladies. Well, and so a lot of little tiny kids are very tuned into that kind of detail, exactly. and they want pants that look well, like the grown Well, they want pants that look like the grown-ups. Right. And it looks good with the diaper. <laughs> Do you have kids? No. <laughs> I have friends with kids. They're, they're fuller cut through the seat. Yes, right. yes. So there's a lot of room. And again, it's the shoulder fabric, so it's a very stretchy, high-quality fabric that's going to stretch and move with the kids. And it's got the faux fly. Faux fly, pull-on, easy pull-on, pull-off, tight. Important also. That looks like a job. Exactly. It look like exactly. It's a, a nice quality material. Yeah. Do you have stain proof on it because there are kids. We have all. stain proof the nano and the whites. Okay. No, we didn't do it in the khaki. Okay. But. So it comes in more than one color. Oh, yeah. White, navy, black, um, and khaki. And wow. the, the black and the navy, we've actually done more as a hacking pant or a practice pant. So we trim that down the side of the leg in pink or purple. And the oh. white, you use ballistic stain proof because exactly. <laughs> this is high high technology. <laughs> yes, that's fun. Now, do the, and the pockets are functional, fully functional welt pockets. Mm-hmm. Cute, yep. cute, cute. We got to have a lot of you know well, the mints and the binkies. Yeah, yeah. If you, we have a photo from one of the lead line classes, and it's a little girl riding her pony with the binky in her mouth, full on Dyer Trotz outfit. It's the most adorable thing you'll ever see. <laughs> I did see that picture. It is very so, cute. So cute. It is very cute. And we complete the look with showbos too, which I don't have here. But very nice. This is a very neat collection. Is there some place that people can see it online? So it's available online at DyerQuestrian.com. That's D-Y-E-R. We named Dyer after our first horse is Dylan and Ernie. So that was the oh, inspiration really? very for Ernie. Yeah, yeah, my my partner Aaron. Uh, she uh, we came up with this idea after growing up riding together our whole lives. So. Cool. And you were hunter-jumper riders? Hunter-jumper riders. Company was born out of love of horses and just as a way to, for us to get back to the saddle because we both moved to New York City to kind of pursue careers. I became a lawyer. She became a designer. And we missed horses and we missed okay. riding. I got to talk a little <laughs> bit about this because this is fun. When, we, when you come to Ada, you, you meet some interesting, diverse people. We have a booth right down the row here where she is a pediatric oncologist. Oh, wow. And developed a product. And here you are, a lawyer out of New York City (laughs) developing products for the horse world. You do realize there's no money in the horse world, right? That's why you're a lawyer. Yeah, that's why you're a lawyer. (laughs) That's why I'm a lawyer. (laughs) 
Don't, just you're saying. Not your day job. No, I'm not quitting my day job. Okay, good. <laughs> and we've saved a lot of costs doing all the legal work, yeah, and, and all, all the business plans, all of the development, and then she does all the designing and oh, all of good. that. Oh, good. Okay. All right. We, you got it covered. Yeah. That's awesome. We do, we do it all. We're full service at Dyer. Do you have a practice or so in Florida? Do you have your license in Florida? I do. Oh, good. Because yeah. it's too cold up here. Right oh, now. I, I yeah, yeah. every day I send my husband, we are getting out of here. <laughs> I am done. I've been in New York City for 10 years, and that is... And New York City's been getting hit hard this year. You yeah. have no idea. I drove in snow yesterday for the first <laughs> for the wow. first time, and I can't see out of my windshield. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Uh, website again? Dyer Equestrian, D-Y-E-R Equestrian.com. Thank you, Liam. Thank you so much. Well, that's it, Jen. We had a, you know, for for a small show today, we ended up doing a lot of talking. Yeah, we yeah. That happened. We, we can we can blow an hour and not get past what you know what we did when we did morning barn chores. I know, and I didn't even tell you about my rides on Brody. Like we're gonna have to say you need to come on next week too. <laughs> we need to do our catching up on Scoop. Well, we really appreciate all of our listeners following along. We hope uh, that you will go to stablescoop.com where you will find links not only to our sponsors, but to information about today's guests. And we'll also put up some information about the U.S. Pony Club. Let's see. What else we got? Uh, Stablescoop.com. Links, photos, more information. We do love your feedback. So please follow us on Facebook. You can find us under Stablescoop. We also tweet our tweeter, Twitter. I never know to call this a handle. People call it a handle. You know, I don't know what they call it. Our username is Horse Radio. I'm, there you go. I'm a tech geek, like so our username is Horse Radio, um, and we do tweet quite often. Many thanks to our sponsors today. They are. Which include mm-hmm. our, our sponsors today, Southern Equine Expo. Check them out in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, coming up the week, um, Valentine's Day week. It's going to be awesome. Equisketch, the makers of the Horse Radio Network app and other apps to make your horse life easier. And Road to the Horse coming up in Lexington, Kentucky in March. And don't forget to get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android. You can search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It is free and easy to use. Woohoo! <sighs> Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And of course, we will be back next Friday with another episode of Staple Scoop. Until then, happy scooping. Happy scooping! Happy scooping.